Yesterday, we were in Galway. So what do you consider an ethnic minority if travellers are not an ethnic well, minority? How do, you, how do you consider them to be an ethnic minority? I mean, they're Irish. They're Irish. How can they be an ethnic minority? Today, we are in Finglas, where Peter Casey will meet travellers who live in a halting site in Dungsink Lane, while he'll also meet a member of the Finglas Traveller Development Group. My name is Angela O'Neill. I'm the coordinator of the Finglas Traveller Development Group. I found the, the statement to... I, I couldn't believe it, actually, when I heard it. I thought it was such a general statement and broad statement to make about... Um, I think at the last census count in 2016, there was uh, just under 31,000 travellers in Ireland. I suppose personally I felt, and I, I, well, I, well, I know it is completely misinformed, um, based, in my opinion, on prejudiced and stereo, stere stereotypical image and perception of, of what is fed into Irish society in Ireland in relation to travellers. And what kind of effect did it have on your job? Did it result in any more prejudice? Or? Uh, well, it, it was quite incredible because I've been in this position for four, four years and I have never received any uh, derogatory mail, we'll call it. And on the 25th of October, the day of the vote, I, I received uh, an email to my office here um, that I was astounded by. Somebody had gone to great trouble to set up an email address under the name of Michael the Pikey. And it was, it was directly linked to the statement and quote, quote, the statement you made was more or less quoted in it. Um, and in agreeing that um, Irish society are sick of these, um, this lot who are basically non-taxing, scrounging, antisocial share of no good humans. Um, I ignored it. And on the morning of the, the, the count uh, from the RDS, I received another email that morning saying 21%. What do you think of that? Ha, ha, ha. Someone who goes to the bother, Peter, of setting up an email address. Is that the kind of people you wanted supporting you during the presidential election? <clears throat> um, absolutely not. Uh, as a matter of fact, when the uh, Late Late Show was on, I said the one point I want to get across is the, you know, the, if the, the 342,727 people who voted for me, if they voted for me because they thought I was a racist, or they voted for me because they thought I was uh, against travellers, then they voted for the wrong person and they should change their vote. I have never had a bad experience with a traveller, ever. So, you know, I was more surprised than, uh, than you were the, with the reaction, you know. There's a very small percentage of travellers that are giving the travellers a bad name and the leadership of the travelling community should step up. I, I am very aware, I don't know if you're aware of, of such a document, it's called the Social Determinants of Health, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's basically, it, it looks at, I suppose, the environment that we are born into and that we live in, and that starts in our home. With the home that we're brought into and the environment, mm -hmm. our everyday environment that we have to live in, okay? Now, hopefully after this, we're going to go and visit one of the halting sites mm -hmm. um, that I work here on in Dublin, and you'll see yourself um, how, how difficult it is for people to get up and carry on their everyday business. What proportion of the travelling community live in houses and what proportion live 
in Aldershaws? There, there are actually not that many. There are more travellers housed here in the Finglas area than there are living in, in halting sites. The, the thing about traveller housing is that travellers have their own cultural way of living. Family and extended family, up to 300 members, practically of the one family between um, grandparents and cousins and second cousins and so on, up to 300 members can live together in the one small community. So when travellers are looking for housing, travellers, uh, and they say traveller specific housing, they like to live in clusters. Each local authority has failed to provide that over the last number of years. Travellers are living in dire, dreadful conditions. Some people living in so-called temporary accommodation for up to 25 years. That means that they are very, very often without the basic services like sanitary. They don't have a toilet. They don't have running water. They don't have electricity. And then we wonder why it's so difficult and why traveller children miss days from school. Why they die at a younger age. The mortality rate is much higher. Mm -hmm. Traveller babies, more traveller children die than with it, that of the settled community. And why they're seen as unemployable. Most young men I know who have been seeking employment have a fear of giving out their address. Totally right. agree, it's tragic, it's wrong. They choose to live in a halting site. That's actually not the case. Well, because, it the well case. it's actually not the case. I mean, it's not well, that. It and if a traveller, but, but Peter, does it, there's a huge difference between choosing to live in a halting site. And what I'm saying is, it is okay to live in a halting site if that's what you choose. It's not okay for the council not to provide a service on that and not to have running water, hot running waters, plumbed in toilets. People have to go outside into their day house. People's toilet is outside. We have an old woman up on this side who is waiting to have her hip replaced, who has to go outside during the night, get down steps of her mobile, go outside, maybe dodge a few rats along the way and go inside to her toilet. They also have to do the same to shower and they have to do the same to cook. So people don't choose that Excuse feeder. Me, there are six houses Empty. They don't choose They that. choose not to go into the six beautiful We're empty houses. We're talking about 11 I'm families out of 31,000 people, I'm Peter. It's not I'm, a viable argument. I'm Do you know how many empty houses there are owned by councils in Ireland today? 3,800 yeah. empty council probably, houses yeah. around Ireland today, which is a total disgrace. And the councils should be held accountable for that. You, and to your own point, you say they choose to live in these conditions. No. I said they choose to live on halting sites as as mm -hmm. is their cultural right okay to do so what they don't choose is to live in the conditions that they live you in. know you hit on the point there cultural it's yes. not ethnic it's cultural they were given 150 million that's for housing the, they, housing they have no hold on my god that's, that's very very misinformed and that is really sending out the wrong signal because what you're saying there peter or what you're suggesting is that travelers were actually gifted 150 million no they weren't Travellers' accommodation needs have never been met in this country, ever, ever. There is a thing called. There is a. It's not a gift. What is it then? If it's not, if it's not a gift, what is it? So, so, do you believe that if the councils have a budget across the board to build settled housing, houses for settled people, that that's a gift? Because what you're suggesting oh, is, is that... It? What is it then, if it's not a gift? 150 million was of taxpayers' money, which was allocated. The right to right. a home is a fundamental... 
it, but it was seg- it was segregated. It, by the way, you don't automatically. The state does not have the right to give. Is, 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 uh, getting right a house. That's fundamental. Absolutely, disagree with you. One hundred percent. It's not. It's not up to the government to provide everybody with a home. There That's, are always going to be people. Yeah. There is always going to be in so any you, in any society. There are always more marginalised and people who are vulnerable and people for absolutely. a whole different host of reasons that will never be able to but afford. But do you think it's the right of uh, the, it's a God-given right for every person and to be given a home I by thought, the government? We haven't heard you screaming, Peter, about where as the council, what leadership did the council take? Oh, Why me. did the council excuse relate me, on excuse that? Excuse me, I have absolutely. I have absolutely come out and said that the council, that the council reneged on it. I knew nothing about this until I came back to Ireland and got involved in the presidential campaign, and it was a complete accident. And Can you now accept that the statement that you made was completely misinformed? It was that it was completely misinformed. It was no, a misinformed it was not. opinion it was, it that was, you gave. It, it was, you don't even know the facts yourself. Driving up Dunsink Lane, which has housed numbers of travellers for a great number of years, I think possibly 40 years, possibly more in the Dublin area. This land here is owned by Fingal County Council. There are strange boundaries on this part of the city. Did the council clean it? Uh, it is owned by Fingal County Council, and I don't know how often rubbish collections are done. There's a lot of illegal dumping here in terms of household dumping, the man with the van who goes and gets paid. This is a good day. The other really important thing here is that people have no lighting. So this lane, people are in complete darkness at this night. This is disgraceful. And they are walking up and down this lane, young children, pregnant women, old people, because their lives are here and they have to walk up and down. So when you talk about conditions, and we're talking about having to live in this kind of environment, before you even go into the site and then into the home that people live in. With that, and so you can imagine living in an area like this and having to get out of your bed during the night or take your little kids outside to shower them. Um, See, we're now in the holiday site and it's nice and clean, you yes. know, so I, I just don't understand how that yeah. ro- the road we just yeah. drove up is as disgraceful as it is. I get to Dunsink Lane just before Peter Casey and as I walk into the halting site I bump into a young traveller called Bernard Joyce. He used to live at the halting site here but he now lives in a house nearby. It's ridiculous, ridiculous the way we're living. There's rats, there's hundreds of rats out the back, there's rubbish everywhere, there's no running water proper, there's rob cars up here every day. It's ridiculous, ridiculous and uh, there's no sleep, there's no sleep. There's there's, there's trailers now with holes underneath them. People living in bad, very bad conditions. I moved out about a year ago. Couldn't handle the conditions. We we're, were sitting out and we were sitting in my trailer one day, looking out the window, and before five or six mice run, running around the bed. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's terrible conditions. There's men in here that's had a drink, travelling in, no wives, no kids, no nothing, no money, no nothing. And they're living in trailers that they wouldn't put a dog in there. We're doing a report with Peter Casey. What did you make of some of the stuff he said? I reckon it was ridiculous what he said. Best half the things. But one thing I have to say to him, that we wouldn't be camping in other people, people's lands. If they were housing us, 
and start putting us out on the street and on the side of the road. That has been going on for years. Centuries, my grandmother, my grandfather, their mother and father, living in wagons up along the road. It's ridiculous. Things should be changing the boy now, well boy now. He got up on telly and he said ridiculous things about the Charlie community. People out there calling us knackers, dirty pikeys, dirty smelly scumbags. And he gets up on telly and says that it's ridiculous. Ten year time in, in Dunsink Lane is going to be the exact same and it's never going to change. Never. Never going to change. There's a, there's eleven families uh, that lives here, and as you can see yourself, it is it's it's a grand old site, but it needs a bit of an upgrade. Like mm -hmm. you know, hopefully the council might be able to do something with it. Let them build like day houses or houses, whatever they can. You know, the water is extremely bad. Like um, if you use it to brush your teeth or anything, you get sores in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Like the water is really really bad here. Like the only thing you can do with it is wash yourself. Like if you know what I mean. But like making tea or. Uh, brushing your teeth or anything, I was going to buy bottles of water. Do you know what I mean? Like the water here is very, very, very extremely bad. And even um, even on the lane there, like uh, there did be um here during the Christmas, like I think there were four or five cars running up and down the oak and they were coming into the site here skidding and going back out and then burning oh, them at the gate. We'd love to get a gate put up. Like the first person in the morning open it, last person at night lock it, but then it could be a health and safety thing, do you know what I mean? An ambulance or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So it is you can't, I don't think we can actually get one there either like. But as I said this is a grand site it is it just it just needs um bit of an upgrade like you know and but uh, there's money made available for traveller accommodation throughout Ireland but some of that isn't spent yeah, well, surely you'd want to see some of that spent here 100% as I was like I, I'd love to see this kind of closed down and houses built yeah. you know what I mean but it was going to happen another thing though is this your first time on a halting site uh, no I was down one uh, 55 years 50 years ago down in Letterkenny Road in Derry what do you what do you make of the conditions here, that the way people have to live. Um, yeah, it's a disgrace. After Thomas Keane in Texas on a walk around of the halting site, he sits down with Peter Casey to tell him about the discrimination he has faced throughout his life. Even um, even when I was in school, you wouldn't, as you would to learn, but you'd be put down the back of the class and more or less just drawn on a piece of paper. You know, um, in school, being called a knacker. The whole lot. What age were you when you left school? After I made my confirmation. But like, it was kind of hard going there, do you know what I mean? It was like, if someone caught you an actor and you go to the teacher, it wouldn't be much use. Like, you weren't getting believed, do you know what I mean? Do you just. It wasn't a great experience in school, to be honest. On all fairness, there's a school that I did go to, and there was a teacher there called Kevin Collins. Now, I, I have a bad education as it is, but what I know now is because of him, if you know what I mean. He took me into his class. But I say only for him. Like, I can barely read and write today, but I wouldn't say I'd be able to do that only for him. You say you can barely read and write, but you're fairly well qualified. Um, I have my forklift licence, uh, security licence, I have a bus licence, and um, this day a week, actually, I'm getting for assessment with Dublin Bus. You know? And you're working at the minute? I'm working now at the moment uh, doing security um, on building sites. How hard has it been for you over the years to, to find work despite the qualifications that you have? Um, it, w it was hard. It was very hard, to be honest. Like, um, I have a VTAC level 5 in Newtwork. I got that with um, a course springboard no, down in Belfast. And um, it was difficult for me to get that because I needed a reader with me every day to help me with the reading and writing. And I applied for a part-time job as a youth worker. And like, everything was going grand the whole lot, but again, they asked for your address. You give them your address. Do you know where you live? And just tell us, uh, you went through, I suppose, one experience where you were offered a job as a forklift driver. Yeah. 
like I think it was like 13 euro an hour, 10 hours a day. And I had the job the whole lot, I was starting next day. Um, but you have to give your address and things. Give my address the whole lot, you ring back an hour later, we found someone else. Now they said to me that um, they found someone else that was more qualified. But I don't know, I think you were lying if you know what I mean, because before this I had the job and the qualifications I had was good enough for them. So, but I never heard nothing about them. Now, a fella did say to me, why don't you hide that you're a traveller until you get your foot in the door? Um, to me, that's hiding who I am. Peter, what do you make of that? You're, you're hearing about the discrimination Thomas has faced his whole life in mm -hmm. school um, when he's looking to find work. But you keep drumming in this uh, that travellers need education, education. But it's not that simplistic, as Thomas has just said. I think Thomas just said that it was education was the problem. He said the challenge is his reading and writing. That's so he, he is actually agreeing with me. Yeah, but he was forced out of school. Uh, he didn't say that. I left because I didn't feel I was learning anything. Like I, I went to um, a school in Blanchetown, and I lived in Fingless. So it, was put on, it was put at the back of the class. Well, that was wrong. Um, it was called a knacker throughout school. If you went to teachers, that's totally wrong. Absolutely, totally, and absolutely wrong. And that shouldn't happen, and I condemn anybody who does that behaviour. I would be very surprised that that behaviour exists in today. And I'd ask Thomas, Thomas, what age, do you, you're, you've got an eight-year-old, you're saying? Son? No, four, four oh, year sorry, four-year-old, sorry. What age would you like him to leave school at? Well, if I can help it, he'll stay in school, to be honest. Like, is he like, experiencing any discrimination he's, he's only four. But he's going, going to school. Yeah, he's going to school, but yes. like... But is he, is, have you encountered any problems with him at school? You know, like any parent, if you find out that there was discrimination, as he gets older, you know, I'd go straight to the headmaster and get the, get the teacher fired. Like, when I was going to school, it's not that I didn't want to learn. I wanted to learn. The teachers mm. hadn't got the time for me. That's the God and the truth. Mm. That's wrong. But I don't believe it's happening in schools today. More or less you're saying that you find it hard to believe that it's happening now. So that means, just, just, just give a second, that means if my son came home and told me that he was called a knacker in his classroom or his teacher treated him different because he's a traveller mm -hmm. and I went to the... But because you don't believe that's happening now, if I went to the principal, yep. would the principal believe my son? Do you understand what I mean? Like, like you're saying you find it hard to believe it happens now. So that means if it does happen and a child spoke up about it, you'd still find it hard to believe. So no, no, if it does happen, if it, I know. That makes sense. If my point is very simple. I don't accept that teachers uh, allow it to happen today. So, we met Brian Dillon from Kina. They are different ethnics. That is, after you'd finished with the dictionary, Peter, you might maybe open a history book or two as well. Comedian and traveller Martin Beans Ward. Unfortunately, Peter, the things you said about my community were totally incorrect. I would like to see you say, you know what, look, I may have said something that was wrong in the past. I apologise for that. I'm willing to learn more. Angela O'Neill from the Fingless Traveller Development Group. At the last census count in 2016, there was uh, just under 31,000 travellers in Ireland. And to make such a broad statement about 31,000 people, I found quite unbelievable. And Thomas Keenan, who lives at a halting site at Dunsink Lane. The water is extremely bad. Like, um, if you use it to brush your teeth or anything, you get sores in your mouth. But has meeting these people made Peter Casey think more about his comments that he made about travellers during the presidential election? 
they're definitely not an ethnic minority. They're the same DNA as I am. There's absolutely, I accept that they are a different subculture, uh, you know, but I, nobody in the leadership of the traveling community could tell me how many people actually traveled and how many actually lived in houses, which seemed rather strange, you know. But, but what does that, what has that got to do with got whether do they've that. got ethnic status or not? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. They're not an ethnic status. They're the same DNA as I am. The same DNA. Not being ridiculous. So you Peter, are being, many you people are being, spelt it out. Yeah. To me why I, they gained they, ethnic status? They shouldn't have gained ethnic status. There's absolutely no logical reason why they got ethnic status. It was wrong that they were given ethnic status. The travelling community are a subculture within the Irish ethnicity. We spoke to people like Thomas Keenan, who is discriminated against because he's a member of the travelling community. Does that he not show that he, he is like an you, ethnic you, minority? No, it does not. It doesn't do that. That's Again, you're, you're being silly. If he chooses to label himself as a different person, that's his choice. That's life is full of life. He doesn't choices. choose. He was born he into not, the travelling community. He's not an ethnic, different ethnic status. You just says there now that Thomas Keenan chooses... I'd to be a traveller. He, he didn't. But he was the, 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 no, I, the point I made was that not even the people in the leadership of the traveling inverted commas community could tell me how many people, uh, her travellers, travel and how many actually live in houses. Now, I, I don't see how you can call somebody who's living in a four bedroom house a traveller. You know, that just doesn't make sense to me. It didn't then and it doesn't now.